Well, good morning, church. It's so, so good to see you guys. Welcome to Advent Sunday. This is um, by far one of the things that I've looked forward to the most over the last couple of months. As we get close to Christmas, just a couple of days away, I felt it was important this year and potentially every year for us just to slow down. Slow down and reflect on what this season is really all about. And that's what today is. It's just a moment for us to stop, to step out of the hustle and the bustle and the noise and the crazy, and just rest. Rest in who God is and what he's done for us. So listen, I'm so glad that you're here today. I'm so glad that we've, for a lot of us that are part of this family, we've spent a year together, or years together, and as we're wrapping this year up, I cannot think of a better way just before Christmas than this. So whatever campus you're in, wherever you're watching from right now, maybe you're already started vacation and holidays and you're somewhere else, or maybe you're one of the guys in the Correctional Center campuses, I'm so glad that you're here with us today as we just stop and celebrate Christmas, and we celebrate what this day is all about. I don't know if you can remember this, but whenever I was a kid, I can remember counting down the days to Christmas. Do you remember that? Just the anticipation, the expectation of just not being able to contain the excitement, the energy, the passion. My kids today with all the technology and all that kind of stuff, they love to go ask Siri or they ask Alexa. How many days are left until Christmas? Or as Max calls it, Alexi. Um, I think he just combines them and he calls every one of them Alexi. And he just asks every single day they race to the device to say, Alexi, how many days until Christmas? How many more days? Do you remember that excitement, that anticipation, that expectation? And then on Christmas Eve, you can... You can like barely contain the excitement. Hey, go to sleep. Yeah, right. Right? Hey, go to sleep. And, and you know, Christmas will be here quicker if you go to sleep. Yeah, right. That's not going to happen. Right? And, and if you think back far enough, we can remember that. Being that child. Being excited. And then, of course, Christmas morning comes and it's a tornado of wrapping paper. Right? Everything is just wide open. There is no slowing down. There is no stopping. Unless you're one of those really crazy families that insist on brunch before you open gifts. What? Like, this is, this is not good. We need to talk about this later. But, I mean, when the eyes open, the presents are supposed to be opened, right? I mean, there's the anticipation and the excitement. And then the kids run downstairs and... You know, moms and dads, you got your phones out. Wait, wait, don't run downstairs just yet. Hang on, let me, let me start recording. Anybody else, right? Got to make sure I get every single moment. But there's an excitement because it's been building and building. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting for this moment. If you think about it, Christmas is a lot about waiting, right? There's a lot of waiting when it comes to Christmas, right? Waiting in traffic. Waiting in line at a store, waiting to the last possible minute to buy a gift, men, right? I will see you all at Walgreens Tuesday afternoon. I guarantee it. 
We're like, hey, there's like the walk of shame. I know. I did it again. Right? We all wait to the last possible minute or waiting. Probably more realistic now, we wait for our Amazon packages. They're arriving at all times of the night. Have you noticed that? There's fleets of trucks, right? But this whole season is about waiting. But if we were to even push back and kind of pull back even further, we would see that all of life is about waiting. I mean, everything that we do, I can remember being in high school waiting and counting down the days until I got my driver's license, right? Or counting down the days until graduation, waiting for that moment, or maybe waiting for the right job or waiting for the raise, or maybe waiting those nine long months for the baby to be here, right? We're, we're all waiting for something. We're waiting for the savings account to get big enough. We're waiting to be able to retire. Some of us are waiting for that girl to text you back. Been a while, man. <laughs> right? Or maybe you're waiting on him to propose. Or maybe you've been waiting to get pregnant for a really long time. Maybe you've been waiting for the pain to stop. Maybe you've been waiting on test results. Right? We're all in some season of waiting. We're all in some place where just maybe one day this is going to happen. Circumstances are going to change. The beautiful thing about this season and this time is that it reminds us that God is always working in the waiting. God is always with us in the waiting. And that's what Advent is all about. That's what this season of Advent is all about. Now, you may not have grown up in the tradition of Advent and you don't understand it maybe completely. I um, mean, we're not going to go deep into it and unpack it a lot. I didn't grow up that way, you know, observing the traditions and the wreaths and the candles and all that stuff. But it's a beautiful tradition. But here's what it means in a quick little nutshell. Advent is a Latin, comes from a Latin word that simply means coming or arrival. And basically what it means is that this season we are in expectation of God's promised king coming. It means that we are waiting, we're leaning in, and we're expecting that Jesus is going to come. We know that he came because Christmas is ultimately about a promise fulfilled. It's about the promise fulfilled, right? And, and in this season, we're leaning in and we're experiencing that once again. But we're not just waiting on his first arrival. We're actually waiting on his second arrival. We're waiting on Jesus Christ to come back in glory and to set everything right once and for all. No more pain, no more sickness, no more hurt, no more anything. We are waiting. We are, we are in between God's Jesus' first coming and his second coming. And you and I, we live in the tension of those two places. This season, we celebrate Jesus coming the first time, but we also look ahead to when Jesus comes back again. And we live in that tension and we expect that God is going to come through because even in our waiting, God is always working. Even when we're waiting. This whole season, it's about waiting and it's about a promise that's fulfilled. We're going to read a passage from Luke 2, which we read a little bit of last week. And we're going to fast forward toward the end of the chapter and read a few verses. But before we get to that, I want to give you just a just a touch of context. Because this passage is, it's almost hidden to some degree. 
It's kind of a minor character. It's a minor little blip in the Christmas story, but it's worth us unpacking today. So a little bit of context. If we were to go back in time from the Christmas story, Luke 2, Jesus shows up in a manger. If we were to go back in time a few hundred years, Israel was in one of the darkest times it had ever experienced. They had gone, they had been captured, taken into exile. The city had been burned. The temple had been burned. It was a dark, dark day for the people of God. But God sent prophets. And he sent prophets to tell his people that he wasn't done with them yet. He promised them that a savior, a Messiah was coming that was going to change everything, that was going to set everything right, that was going to, that was going to come into the world and change everything. Prophets made these promises. And then they waited for 400 years. And it wasn't just a normal 400 years of waiting for God's promise to be fulfilled. It was a silent 400 years. It's the 400-year gap between Malachi, the Old Testament, and the New Testament, where there were no prophets speaking. The voice of God could not be heard. There was no one speaking on his behalf. He was not moving. It seemed as though nothing were happening, yet there was this promise, and there was no fulfillment. To put that in perspective, because I have no perspective of what 400 years feels like. You may, but I have no idea what that feels like. So just think about it this way. The Declaration of Independence was signed. We became a nation almost 250 years ago. So even 150 years past that, like to give you some sort of frame of mind, that's how long it seemed like God had left the building. Like there was no voice, there was nothing. It had been generation after generation after generation after generation where they're still pointing back. Well, great, 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 great granddad heard a word from God. So you can imagine how dark and almost maybe hopeless the nation of Israel felt. But there was this small group of people, faithful, just, righteous, that were leaning in, expecting God to fulfill the promise that he had made. They were waiting and they were watching. And that's where we pick up in Luke 2, verse 25. We pick up with a man named Simeon, who was one of these people. He's waiting and he's watching. He's just and he's righteous and he believes that what God said is what's going to actually happen. And he's leaning in. And in verse two, I mean, in verse 25, this is what it says in Luke 2. It says, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. He was a man that had been waiting his entire life, waiting and watching for the promise of God to be fulfilled. Waiting and watching for Jesus Christ, the Messiah, to come console Israel, to restore, to bring restoration to this nation. And then in verse 26, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. This is interesting. So here's this one man who's waiting and watching and the Holy Spirit whispers in his ear one day, hey, you know what? You are actually gonna witness the Messiah. You're actually going to see him. You're going to experience him. Can you imagine the anticipation? Can you imagine the, the expectation that every single day he woke up thinking today's the day? This is it. Maybe this is it. Is it him? Is it her? Right? Is it them? Is it like, who is it? Where, where is the Messiah? Where is salvation? Where is this going to come from every day and the next day and the next week and the next month for decades? Simeon lived with this, maybe it's tomorrow. 
Maybe it's tomorrow. The promise is going to be fulfilled. Maybe it's tomorrow. But all he had was a promise. And more often than not, the promises of God require the patience of God. The the promises of God require the patience of God to sit, to wait, to expect that what he said is actually going to happen. Even when it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. To have faith and believe that God is working even though I can't see it. So the Holy Spirit whispers in his ear, you're actually going to see this. So we fast forward decades from that moment. In verse 27, it says, moved by the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit whispered in Simeon's ear one day, just one random day, and said, hey, today's the day. Today's the day. This is it. So what does he do? He went into the temple courts. I can imagine he's walking into the temple, and he's looking. Who is it? Right? Which one is it? There's no way for us to think or assume that he would have in any way thought it was a baby. He was looking for a savior. He was looking for the answer. He was looking for like the promise to be fulfilled, this mighty king that comes storming into the city. Like he he had no idea what he was looking for, but he was looking, is it him? Is it him? Is it him? And what does it say? Then the parents, Mary and Joseph, brought in the child Jesus on the eighth day. Right? They came in to do the custom of the law, to dedicate the child, to present a sacrifice. And then in verse 28, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. It's happened. What you said you were gonna do, you have done. Your promise has been fulfilled. Here it is. I hold him in my hands right now. Your promise has been fulfilled. And then Simeon goes on in verse 30. He says, For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Now listen. All Simeon saw was a baby. (laughs) He says all of this. For now my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. He's, he's, he's holding a baby, an eight-day-old baby, and yet he sees the salvation of Israel and Gentiles. He sees that this is the promise fulfilled. Nothing else had happened. He didn't see one miracle that Jesus performed. He didn't see one thing. He didn't see, a, he didn't see water into wine. He didn't see a blind eyes opening. He didn't hear one sermon. He didn't hear one parable. None of it. He didn't see the death, the burial, the resurrection. He didn't see the birth of the new church. He didn't see any of this. Why? Because in all of those years and decades of waiting on God, God was doing something inside Simeon where his faith was being built, where he was growing his faith, his trust, his belief in God was being built. This was only a glimpse of the promise to be fulfilled. But in that glimpse, Simeon knew that God could be trusted. God can be trusted. That I may not can see how this whole thing unfolds, but I know, I know that he will do what he says he will do. And in that season of waiting 
and watching and expecting. There was a faith that was built. It's the, it's the working ground of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was with him and God was with him and there was this faith being produced and he was growing in godliness. He was growing in his dependence on God. He was, he was leaning more and more on God and, and, and expecting God to do more and more so that when he saw a glimpse of God's promise being fulfilled, he praised God because he knew that God is faithful and just to do what he says he's gonna do. So often the waiting is as important as the fulfillment. Because God wants to do something in our seasons of waiting that can only be done in a season of waiting. If we move just from promise to fulfillment, we miss a whole lot of growth in the middle. This meantime, this, this space in the middle that for a lot of us is difficult and it's hard. It's hard to trust God when we don't see things working. It's hard to trust God when all the pieces are not just right and just exactly how we want them. But yet Simeon leaned in and he continued trusting God. And in that place, he learned to depend on God. His faith grew in God so that when he saw a glimpse of the promise fulfilled, he lifted his hands to heaven. And he said, this is your promise fulfilled. I don't even need to see it all, God, because I know that you can be trusted. I know that you can be trusted. Here's what I want you to hear me say today. Let me encourage you with this. Don't waste the wait. Don't waste the wait. There are some things in our hearts, promises that God has put inside of us. There are some things that we believe are going to happen one day. And while we're in the wait, it's where God can do his most powerful work in our lives. Where we can lean in in expectation we can lean into him. So I wanna, I wanna ask you just a couple of quick questions and then we're gonna light our candles and we're gonna sing, we're gonna have a beautiful time together. But let me ask you this question. Here's the first one. Do you have a specific promise that you're waiting for? Okay, we're all waiting for something, but do you have a specific promise from God that you're waiting for, that you're holding on to, that you're believing that God has given it to you? Because there are hundreds of them in God's word. I mean, one of the worst possible things that we could do is wait for something that doesn't matter, that's not important in the end. Right? We've all experienced a line somewhere, right? Waiting to get something, to do something that when you get there, you think that I really just spend the last half hour waiting in this line for this, right? So many of us will go through life that way, but God has promises all through his word that he wants you to hold on to that are specific for you in your season and where you are right now. And Christmas is the ultimate reminder that God fulfills his promises. He fulfills his promises, every single one of them. Here's just a couple quick ones that, that are important to me. I'll share them with you. But literally, God's word is filled with hundreds of them. Whenever you're up against something and you say, God, I need a promise, and you open up his word and you begin to read, God reveals something to you. Something like this. Look at this one right here. In, in Matthew 11, it says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. There's, a, there's two promises here, actually. The first one is that all who are weary and burdened, we're going to be weary and burdened, right? That's a promise. It's going to happen. I'm, I'm kind of in that season right now. This is a promise for me right now. Why? Because Jesus says, and I will give you rest. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's a promise that I can hold on to. 
It's a promise that, that I, can, I can believe in. Even though I don't see the fulfillment right this second, I know that it's a promise that God has for me. In Romans 8, it says this, No, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. What an amazing promise. Listen to this. For I am convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Absolutely nothing could make God Almighty stop loving me. I need that promise. Maybe you need that promise right now. Maybe the season that you're in, you're waiting and you're watching and you're hoping, but you need that promise that absolutely nothing will separate God's love from you. It's inseparable. And then one more, and then we'll move on. It's Ephesians 2. For we are God's handiwork. We are God's masterpiece. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. In other words, you were intentionally created by God. You are specifically, intentionally wired together in your mother's womb, you. Even if you grew up thinking you were an accident, even if you grew up thinking that whatever someone's told you is true, it's not because Jesus Christ, God Almighty made you. It's a promise and he made you on purpose, for a purpose that's planned out. This is a promise that I can hold on to no matter what I'm going through. So listen, do you have a specific promise for God, from God that you can hold on to? that you can believe in. And then the second question is this, is if you do, then are you waiting with expectation? Are you, are you like Simeon, are you leaning in? Are you expecting, are you watching for God to come through? Are you expecting God to do something, right? Not just for God to come through and fulfill the promise, but are you expecting God to change you in the process, to grow you in the process, to increase your faith, to build your faith, to create something new inside you? Are you leaning in with expectation? You know, the thing about promises is they often take a long time to be fulfilled. You know why? Because it's not on our timetable. It's on God's timetable. And we often want God to hurry up and get things done a little bit quicker, but God's seeing the bigger picture and God's working heaven and earth and he's orchestrating all these things for our good, but it's not on our timetable. Sometimes the full fulfillment of the promises of God don't happen until eternity, right? So how do we, how do we continue to lean in and expect that God's gonna do what God says he's gonna do? And here's the third question. It's this, will you celebrate the glimpses of God's faithfulness. I believe all along the way, God gives us glimpses of his faithfulness, glimpses of the fulfillment so that it fuels our faith on, just like he did Simeon. Simeon did not see the fullness of God's promise fulfilled. He saw a glimpse, he saw an eight day old baby. That's it. And in his heart, he knew what was gonna happen. He knew where this whole story was gonna go. I wanna read one more passage, and it's this in 2 Corinthians 1.20. I love this verse. Listen to this. It says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. You know what? I want you to read this with me. Let's do this together. Let's all read this verse together, can we? 
Ready? Let's read it. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. Because Jesus Christ was the ultimate promise fulfilled. And because of Jesus, we know, we have confidence to know that the promises of God will be fulfilled. And one day he will come back. There is a promise in Revelation 21 and 22. We see that when he comes back, there is no more night. There's no more darkness. There's no more pain. There's no more hurt. That's the promise that we get to look forward to. But there are promises in each and every one of our lives. And the Bible says in, in right there in Corinthians that no matter how many promises God has made to you personally, they are yes in Jesus Christ. All because of Christmas. All because Christmas was the promise fulfilled that God said, I'm going to send my one and only son to this earth for you, for us. And because of him, all of our promises are fulfilled. Maybe not when we want them to be fulfilled. Maybe not on our timetable, but we can trust, we can lean in on God. We don't have to waste the weight. We can grow in the weight. We can trust God more in the weight because he is trustworthy to do what he says he's gonna do. In a moment, we're gonna light candles at every campus and we're gonna sing a song together. The candle that you hold in your hand represents the light of the world, Jesus Christ, the ultimate promise fulfilled. And as we hold this light and as we sing this song, I want you to meditate and just think on that, that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. He's the, he is the fulfillment of the ultimate promise of God, that you and I can be saved, that you and I can be redeemed, that you and I can be, then can live eternally with God. It's the ultimate fulfillment of the promise. But also as you hold it, I want you to think that whatever the promises of God are in your life, that because of Jesus, they are yes. That as you hold in your hand the symbol of the light of the world, he is the fulfillment of God's promise, but he's also the fulfillment of the promise that God has made you. Wherever you are, whatever season you're in, whatever you're battling, go to God's word, find a promise, something that you can hold on to, something that is worth waiting for and allow God to grow you in that process. Let me pray. Jesus, we're so grateful that you came to this earth for us. Lord, as we spend these next few minutes together, just sitting in your presence and meditating on you and who you are and what you've done for us, Lord, may we lean in today in expectation not just for December the 25th, but may we lean in an expectation toward the promises that you've made to us being fulfilled in our lives. God, that we can trust you. We can believe in you. And Lord, in the meantime, that you will grow our faith, that you will grow us closer and closer to you, that our dependence on you our joy, our peace will increase because of you. Lord, as we hold these lights today, God, may we just sit and ponder how great you are. 
And God, that you, Jesus Christ, you are the ultimate promise fulfilled. In Jesus' name, amen.